Navigating Solo is the official singles adult ministry podcast of the United Pentecostal Church International. Navigating Solo is dedicated to encouraging single adults in every stage of life by using biblical principles to navigate discussion on various topics. Here's your host, Dr. Lorraine Orozco. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Navigating Solo. Today, we have Sister Sally Gordon, and she is coming to us from Texas today. And I'm so honored to have you with us, Sister Sally. Thank you for being on our podcast episode. How are you this morning? I should say this afternoon, this Saturday afternoon. It's a good one. Good morning. Thank you so much. Um, I'm glad you asked me to to do this. Thank you. For those of you who do not know Sister Sally Gordon, why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself. Just tell us a little bit about who you are, your church ministry, your education, and a little about your family. And I know you have an incredible testimony, which I'm so eager to get to um, here. So before we get into that, just go ahead and tell us as much as you can about yourself. Okay. Uh, so I'm Sally Gordon. I go to Abundant Life in Silsby, uh, Pastor Ben White and Douglas um, Doug White. I'm sorry, Bishop Doug White. Um, so I have two kids, teenagers, 17, soon to be 19. Um, the ministries that other, well, I am in the singles ministry, but we do jail ministry. I'm a instructor for life recovery for anger management. Okay. And then any other ministries, uh, such as choir, music, I don't, not the praise team, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I do um, anything that, that we need to do. Whatever I'm asked to do, we're up here. My kids are involved in ministries, music. They are on the platform. So. Mm-hmm. And what do you do as your work, as your job? I'm now a special education teacher for K through second. Um, I actually started this my third year. So I started my degree um, and my associate degree is in criminal justice. Mm-hmm. My bachelor's is in criminal psychology. Now I'm working on a certification for special education. So through all of that, I have worked with kids, but I left mental health going into the schools to see them. And now I'm in the schools, one school instead of 14 schools. Um, and I have kinder through second. I teach resource. I'm an academic advisor and I ha- do some behavior intervention. Okay, so you are a very busy lady, but I yeah. love that you are doing going the education field yes, and trying to learn different things and and better, you know, what you're doing at your job and and so that is wonderful. Yeah. Um, and so you have been going to school. So now you are do um, you said special education is mm-hmm. that right? The one school. Yes, I'm actually going through a program. So all I have to do there's some assignments and things, but uh, the main thing is take a state test for special education. So the program, as long as you have a degree, you can go through the program to be certified. So that's where I'm at now is work on the certification part. Okay. So you also mentioned, I mean, of all the things that you do ministry-wise, so many different hats that you have um, and that you have on. And you also mentioned that you um, are part of singles ministry. So is that for your church, for your district, for the state? What kind of things that you are you involved in as far as singles ministry? So I am singles uh, department leader here at the church, but I do help Sister Carter on a district level. So whatever she needs, <laughs> whatever she asks us to do for whatever that may be. Um, but we have, I have a committee. So I have a couple other, Melanie and Roger help 
And then I have another couple that actually started with me here when we first got our singles ministry. We had, we didn't have any, we had three. And so one of them who is now married, she still helps me. So, and we've been doing it for about, it's been several years. I really, I don't know what year, but I would say about six, five, six, seven years now here. So. Okay. That's right. And then of course the singles conference in Texas is Mm -hmm. coming up soon in February. So you guys are rearing up and getting all that together. So um, Lord willing, I will also be there. So those are some exciting times. A lot of stuff is getting put together there. And I know especially know our speakers. Oh, well, I don't know if she's made it public, so I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be good. We've got some good ones, that's for sure. We have some good ones coming it's up. Gonna it's going to be a good time. So I wanted to go ahead, um, Sister Sally, and I wanted you just to go ahead and share with us your testimony And, you know, you have an incredible story that I know is going to be a a blessing to many people, but just go ahead and however you want to start that story, wherever, what timeline you want to start, go ahead and just share that with us. Okay. So there's, uh, I was born into a Mormon family. There's eight of us. Mm -hmm. And um, my dad had passed away at 11, but pretty much I was raised by a single mom. Seven, my older brother was at college. So I was raised by a single mom. She raised seven of us. Um, I held that belief pretty much until God filled me with the Holy Ghost at 30, but at 17 and 18, and I did go through four years of seminary. We went every morning. That's what, you know, the Mormons have this seminary uh, every morning before school for four years of your high school years, mm-hmm. but probably 17, 18, when I graduated, went to college, just when I kind of started dabbling in things. Um in the world, uh, drugs, alcohol, stuff like that. Found myself in situations, you know, leaving the, when I say leaving the church, I wasn't involved even in the Mormon church, although I held that belief, but a lot of people know me when they think, you know, I did come out of the Mormon church, but I also mm-hmm. got delivered a whole lot more mess. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, I actually fell into a lifestyle of drugs and alcohol from 18 to 22, 23. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things in that story, if you've ever known, I, you know, I'm not going to get into the details, but that lifestyle brings a lot of trauma and scars mm-hmm. and things like that. And I think one of the times that I was out and about is when I met a backslider out in the party world. Um, and we had been together this, you know, years later, five years, I guess, and had a, our daughter. And that was when the first question of church came up. You know, we've got this little girl, we need to do something right. Mm -hmm. And he's, well, you know, we can go to, he'd been apostolic raised uh, here locally. And I wanted to go back to the Mormon church and he was like, no, you're not taking her there. And I was like, well, you're not taking her to a crazy Pentecostal church. So um, that's when we first started, you know, visiting different places. Well, mainly I will say this, we actually started here at Abundant Life. There was only mm-hmm. one other one other church that some of his friends had, hey, check out in the area. But we came here for a month, for two or three months, I guess. And he prayed through. And then I think a week later, I was about 30, I think. I got the Holy Ghost and got baptized. It was the same week that Rita hit, the hurricane hit. So Sunday mm-hmm. night, I get the Holy Ghost. We evacuate four days later. Um, we'd been gone. 
when we evacuated, we actually were not married. So to do things right, we got married and then come back into town, I guess, after a month, um, got into the church. So we hadn't really been in the church. I got the Holy Ghost and I got baptized, but we weren't really established. Mm -hmm. So probably four or five years in, you know, then I have a son. Um, they're, my kids are about 21 months apart. So we were probably in church about four or five years. And my husband, ex-husband's husband's time, was actually a young minister in the church. Um, so that's when things started taking place, I guess, that led to why I'm single. But um, it there was a lot of things involved with that that... Um, traumatic situations. It wasn't just, I was raised Mormon. And if you know anything about Mormons, they're very adamant. And so is apostolics, but you don't get a divorce, mm -hmm. you know, the biblical adultery, all that, but it went beyond that. And so um, I'll briefly just say law was involved. Courts were involved. Things were like that were involved. And I've been single parenting. He's not been in the picture um, for 12 years. So basically, since my kids have been three and five, I've been parenting them um, here and um, in at Abundant Life. And it, it, as rough as it's been, if it wasn't for the church. <laughs> so, um, of course, there's a whole bunch of spots you can fill in with the, the details. But I think people get the gist of it when you say false doctrine mm -hmm. or the world of alcohol and drugs, you know, things like that. But we stayed in the church. You know, he ended up leaving. We stayed here. Still go to abundant life. My kids have been second generation, born and raised, plugged them in. Um, they're just as involved in stuff as I am. I think I drive more for them to get them where they need to be than myself. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so here we are today. <laughs> so your two children. So you have been a single parent for quite some time. You said it's probably right. since they were, but they're up three and five, you it's said. Right. And so, and now they are in their late teens, early 20s. Okay. 17 and fix me 19. 17 and 19. Okay. So you have raised these children, these two kids all this time. And now they are just, like you said, they're just as active in church as you are living for God, doing all of those things. And so I just, I know that that has been, has not been an easy story for you to tell or to live, but the fact that you have been able to rest in the Lord and lean yes. on the church people. Yes. Because none of my family's in church. And even though in the beginning it was real rough, mm -hmm. um, they blamed him for a lot and thought that I was only doing this because of him, but he's been gone for a while. And so they know now that this is who I am and this is what I do. So well, there is no, in my family, we're very close. We lost a sister. Um, it's been several years, but things like that just make you closer. So they they trust me. They love me. They'll call for prayer. But we just agree to disagree on a lot of things. Um, I've sat with every single one of them. We've done Bible studies. I have done the, you know, the plan of salvation while we believe what we believe. But we don't do the disowning. They support everything that I do with my kids. They're very respectful of anything that I say that I stand for. Um, but they're not, they, we don't, we, we do the holidays, but when you're, when you're living for this with your whole heart, and even though they're Mormon still in their beliefs, most of them, I have a sister that did get baptized and got the Holy Ghost, but for the most part, they, you can't 
there's nothing you can you can't have a conversation about what you believe because it's always a difference. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, you feel alone because in the sense of being the only one, I'm not saying I feel alone. I have a great church. I have a fabulous church and we're very close. But when you're talking about a family family and they're not there and you, you know, you can't talk about certain things because they get hurt, they get offended, they get mad. Um, so I'd rather just, you know, let God do what God's going to do and open the door. If he wants me to, we do talk about it if the door's open, but I don't, I just live it. I live it in front of them and they see it. And so mm -hmm. that's still and trying that's, to witness. <laughs> and that's the best thing. What a beautiful testimony that is because you, like you said, you came into this because of your, you know, ex-husband and it wasn't your belief, but it is your belief now to the core yeah. is everything that is in you. It is in your entire life. And to be able to be, to live it and to be a witness and still have a relationship with your family, yeah. uh, you know, and still love them. And, you know, who knows one day that they will see you and be in that moment and something and you know and I know I'm sure that you have been praying for them and, and all those years and who knows what God will do but I think that's a beautiful thing that you are still able to love them and reach out to them and have been able to show them God's love in his scripture and so you know yeah. it's in, in God's timing so that that's wonderful so I wanted to ask you because you know you've done this not only have you had this kind of um this situation where you have had to have been kind of ripped from your family. When I say ripped, kind of just this rift, I guess, from your family, because they believe so differently than you do. But not only that is that you're also a single mom with two kids raising two teenagers. Um, and there's so much to say with that, but what encouragement would you like to leave to people who are single, who are maybe you know, having the same situation of like, they don't have that family um, because they can't either for different situations and they're also raising their single kids. What kinds of things would you like to say? What kind of words of advice would you like to say to somebody in you, that's going through your shoes or have been in your shoes? So I would never tell someone it's easy because mm -hmm. it's not. But for me, and I know that some people may not see things the way I see things, but, and because of the things from my past, things that have, not just the Mormon lifestyle, but the world of alcohol and drugs, the world, the relationship that I went was not healthy. It was physical before we came to God. It was psychologically, mentally, emotionally draining and damaging, you know, so not everybody has my story, but I will say the thing that I clung to that, that I always hung on to is I knew what God had done for me. So I couldn't explain in the beginning when, when God gave me the Holy ghost, I got the Holy ghost before I got baptized. And I only got baptized because at, at that moment, I, someone had showed me in the Bible. Like I saw it. I didn't have a revelation of it. And I just got the Holy ghost. And I knew when we evacuated, we actually had to go evacuate with my Mormon family. So it was really hard, but I knew what had happened. I knew what I felt. I couldn't explain it. And so I know, especially knowing my past, I knew what God had done for me. And so it's not easy at all. But when everything went down in the way that it, you know, I, I did go through depression. But the thing that I clung to was the, the experience that I had with God was so real 
that I did not make a vow to give up on it ever. Mm -hmm. And uh, people will say, oh, fast and pray and read the word of God. And that's true. But it's beyond that. It's a relationship with prayer. It's a relationship with the word of God. It's not just reading the word of God. I know lots of people who read the word of God and know the book. And I know a lot of people who go to church faithfully. But in the end of the day, when you're not in the building and you're in your home and you're alone Mm -hmm. and you realize the only one that will ever be there for you is God, Mm -hmm. don't turn your back on him because you're lonely or because life has done what life has done to you, because that's just life and that's humanity. And God doesn't deserve our anger, our wrath, our suspicions and saying that he doesn't love me. He's abandoned me. And that's part of knowing the word, you know, but. I have a great church. I do have a great family, even though they're not, they don't believe they have supported me when I was going to school for six Mm -hmm. years, I worked full time Mm -hmm. while going to school and raising children. And they were there for me. I didn't. So I would say, stay connected with the body that you're at, have a relationship, my man of God, my pastor and my Bishop, because I'm not married. I am the head of my household. I'm the spiritual leader of my home, but I made a vow And this is, again, this is where people may not agree with me, but when things went down with my, the way things were with my family, um, my, my marriage, um, I told God I didn't want to date. I told him I was, I wasn't interested in getting remarried until I was strong and healthy and healed, but that I also raised my children to be stable, functioning adults in the church living the life that I could literally let them go and say they're yours. And no, I didn't want, and this, again, this is not against anybody who, who has remarried and has a blended family. I did not want one Mm -hmm. personally. That could be from past traumas or just stuff that I know things that we went through, but I didn't want anyone in my home while I was raising my children. I wanted, I wanted to be focused. I wanted to be, get my life where I needed to be. Okay. And then be able to have my kids and relationships take work. (laughs) They, they're, they, they do distract you. I don't care how Mm -hmm. fabulous it is as a woman, especially because you, you have to submit to this, whoever it is that you choose. Dating is a prerequisite to marriage. If you're dating just to date, I have my opinion on that, but I I don't think that that's right uh, because someone is getting led on. You know, mm-hmm. but it's supposed to be something that leads to marriage. And I knew that I wasn't ready for that and I wouldn't be ready for that. I had to focus on my children. I have sacrificed, you know, and things people have made comments about, well, what if God wanted you to have somebody for your kids because they were raised without a father and this, that, and the other. And I said, well, if that was what God wanted, I didn't tell God I wouldn't do it. I just told him what I was feeling, but I never boxed God and say, I'm not letting you do that. So if God wanted to do that, of course I would have, but marriage isn't for my children. Mm, Yeah. Marriage is for me. Mm -hmm. Marriage is a husband and a wife. And so again, I wasn't going to do that to my kids. They needed me. And so uh, I would say, I guess, encourage people to stay connected with your first God in prayer. And again, I don't say that just to say that it's don't just have a routine prayer life. Right. Have a really deep depth. This is me and Jesus prayer life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with your church or with your leadership, but anything my pastor or my bishop 
have ever said to me. I haven't, I will go to them. They know things. I, I tell them if they come to me, I, that's my shepherd. If they have said no to me, wait to me or whatever, I obey. Um, I don't think that's, that's just what I feel like it should be like. And I, they have directed me along this. So I didn't do this by myself. Mm-hmm. They have been strength for me when I was in my darkest moments. And one of the things, again, and I know not everybody's in this situation and I wasn't a preacher's wife for long. You know, he was a minister in our church. But one of the things that we were taught in ministry, you do, and I don't mean you're better than, but you do live up to a different standard and you can't just be out there saying and doing and being. Mm-hmm. And so when he left, I found myself as a new convert, pretty much five years in, um, all of this going down and I didn't know who to go to. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to talk about like, nope. the things that happened are not things that you talk about. Right. Yeah. So I was about to blow up. And so I went to my bishop and I said, I know this is not something, you know, and I'm not against counseling, but I, I was like, I just need somebody that I can trust that you trust that can walk with me through this. And he, we have another lady in our church who went through a similar uh, well, not the similar, but she went through a divorce. She was remarried at this point. Great, great couple. And that's who he paired me with as a mentor. And she has just, her motto for anytime I was feeling something was better, not bitter. Mm-hmm. So that's another, don't be bitter. Don't ever be better. Try to be better. Try to be better than what you were yesterday. Try to be kind and loving and to people who may be going through things, especially the singles, whether they've never been married, divorced, widowed, whatever it may be. Just be compassionate. Well, I love that, sister, that you've mentioned all of those things because, you know, that's some real life stuff. Yes, it is. It is some real life stuff and just kind of making the decision. And, you know, I could speak to that so much as a person that does counseling, marriage and family. But, you know, the decision to if I'm going to allow somebody to come into my home, going to be my spouse then it's going to be right and it's going to be God and it's going to make sure that it's not going to cause more harm than good. And I felt like, you know, there's still things happening even today because, you know, like I said, I'm not going to get into details, but courts are involved and I just didn't want the extra. (laughs) I'm just going to be honest. It's a lot on your plate to deal with things. And I I didn't want to do that to other people. I wasn't being selfish. I I don't feel like I was being selfish. Um, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Well, I wanted to just thank you, first of all, for coming on and just talking to us about your testimony. But I also wanted to ask in closing, are there any other things that you would like to share? Because you gave some really encouraging things to singles as far as, you know, having a prayer life and sticking close to the Lord and and living it. But also, you know, you said as the, the head of your home, the spiritual head of your home as a single mom you know, being close to your pastor and being obedient and following him. Is there anything else that you would like to say in closing that you'd like to leave to our singles? I know who I am now was not who I was before. Mm -hmm. So there may be somebody still in a place of feeling weak and depressed and hopeless. And if there is, You, you have to you have to retrain your brain to know who you are and mm-hmm. have who you are in God. And w- God doesn't want us to be beat down. God doesn't want us to live in a state of depression. 
You know, we have to be content in the season that he put us in, whatever that may be, and not rush the will of God. So if you, if I, I would say that if anybody finds themselves in those places, you have to think yourself happy. I know that sounds, <laughs> but it is. You have to think yourself happy and look at the blessings and don't let yourself dwell on the negativity of whatever the situation is. You've got to create the moments, even if you need to. And people may not always be there. It may not be people. I know a lot of people get driven into stuff because of loneliness. Take that time of loneliness and get into a prayer closet. Build, let that, I think sometimes that the, that state of loneliness is God saying, what about me? I'm here. You seek other things more than you seek me. And I think in the loneliness, I think that's God's time right there where he's saying, if you want healed, if you want to be free from these emotions that are just attacking all the time, I believe that's why he says, come to me. You are, you know, weary and burden. I think that he's saying, I can take that load from you. <laughs> if you would just trust me and talk to me and quit seeking relationships. And I don't mean, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend wants anything, you know, I'm the real, he wants that relationship to be deeper than most. So that's my encouragement is just, if you feel like you're in a state of whatever that may be, check the relationship with God. How could you be closer? Of course we all could, but, um, What's missing? What have you put in the way? What's, you know, what's ahead of him? Seeking first the kingdom. Yes. The kingdom yes. of God. Yes. And, exactly. and that's yeah. the most important thing. If we can just seek him first, if we right. can. Then do everything else. Be, yes. Everything else will be yeah. in line the way yeah. that it needs to be in line. And it's got to be his will because our flesh will get in the way and we want what we want. And sometimes his answer is no. And you need to be, you need to be okay with that. Um, you need to have a revelation that he will always mean what want what's best for you always. So if he says no, he's closed doors plenty of times. Was my feelings hurt? Yes. Was my heart broke? Yes. But I knew without a doubt that he saved me from something. He shut that door for a reason. He said no for a reason because we will get ourselves in a shipwreck because we think we know how to do our life. <laughs> and God mm -hmm. says that I see what you don't see. So you need to let me write the story. But is that saying that says rejection is God's protection? Yes, that's good. Thinking it's about true. That, it's true. It's like when we think that God is something is rejecting us and we're not getting our way. It's actually God just keeping his hand upon us to make sure that he is protecting us. Exactly. And even if we can't see it, and you know, God sees the bigger picture. Exactly. We have to trust that. Mm -hmm. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher and I, we, we do ourselves an injustice when we feel like we can control it all. And that's hard. I know. Trust and can, letting go. It is. That's something every individual has to find on their own. I don't even know if I could give a word of encouragement for that. You, you have to figure out what that limit is for you and where that is. And that's between you and God and, you know, what depth are you willing to go to? And we're all on different callings or whatever that may be. So he may require something out of you that he didn't require out of somebody else. And that's just the answer to a call. You know, you have to shift some things. If you want to be more, you got to do more. So who much is giving, much is required. So. Absolutely. Well, Sister Sally Gordon, it has been such a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for sharing with us your heart today. And you gave us some really valuable things to think about as far as singles and encouragement. 
And just to sharing your testimony, just being very transparent and talking to us about the life that you have gone through, some of the rough things. And I know there are many of our listeners out there who have gone through a very similar situation, if not basically the same. So I know that that is going to be a help to them. So thank you again. Thank you you again. And to all of our listeners on Navigating Solo, God bless. Until next time. Join us next week for another great interview on Navigating Solo.